0: So let's start uh, in the beginning, James. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing okay. It's uh, it's been a fun day today. I had a lot of interviews, so that's always good. Cool. Um,
1: I always, I always, you know, ever since I started doing radio interviews, you know, years ago, I've always loved being the interviewer. I don't mind being the interview, but I love. <laughs> Doing interviews, and so I started doing a podcast after I got off the road. I I did like thirty or thirty episodes, and I had so much fun doing it because I just I, I love this. I love having conversations like this. It's a, the f- most
0: fun part for me is you get to talk to people you wouldn't otherwise talk to so so especially within music there's such a wide uh, spectrum of uh, people within the yeah. music industry from all kinds of places all kinds of uh, backgrounds and that makes it just so interesting to me
1: it is and i and i find that most people you know people in the music industry they love talking about what they do and they <laughs> sure. love talking about the business in general so it is a fun thing i'm i'm, I'm uh i'm um I'm pretty sure that at some point in my life, I will do another podcast where, where all I do is, is talk with, you know, friends and colleagues and just, and we just shoot the shit about music. It's just, it's a fun thing to do.
0: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's this a similar approach you have to to songwriting because i i read somewhere that you consider yourself to be a storyteller you're very much interested in in how people live how other people's uh, lives go so a part of that is
1: kind of asking them of course you know that's a really good question um i i've always thought of myself as an observer of life um quite often I spend more of my time observing other people and other relationships than I do paying attention to my own life. Only in the last few years have I actually Mm -hmm. slowed down a little bit and kind of looked inward. So in answer to your question, yeah, that, I would say that that curiosity all through my life has been what has fueled my desire to, to, to write music, you know, Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of material and and it doesn't always have to be my own material. It can be from other people's lives. And I think that that's what helps people connect to my music. Um, And, and I know that Nikki does the same thing and DJ does the same thing. So we all come from similar backgrounds in the sense that we all are observers of life, probably first and foremost, before we even experience it ourselves.
0: Right. Now, I do want to focus a little bit on you since, since I've got you here. And now, um, with this new uh, hits album, there's a, a song, The First uh, 21, and which is uh, also a book that uh, is about Nikki's first 21 years uh, on this earth. Yeah. Now, he wrote a whole book about it. I'm going to ask you to, to kind of summarize it in two minutes. But, but what has been your own first 21 years on this earth how do you look back at the first 21 years of your life
1: you know that's a great question and i and um just recently probably really since covid hit um obviously changed all of our lives and we all found ourselves with a with time with time on our hands to do things that we didn't have time for before well i spent a lot of of the first, you know, probably six to eight months of COVID, just thinking through what my childhood was like and reconnecting with music from that time. Like if if you were to look at what my playlists are right now, they're all like 70s and 80s pop and rock music. And I just, I kind of became obsessed with that and found that by going back and listening to, music from that time, it helped dust off the memories of my childhood. And um, so I've gained a whole new appreciation for, um, for those memories. And it's interesting, Nikki and I talk a lot, uh, recently, we've had a lot of conversations about that, about the fact that we spend a lot of time now reflecting, thinking back to things, reminding yourself of old friendships that you had, reminding yourself of old relationships that you've had. Because at some point, as we get older, those are the things that you want to hang on to. Those are the things that define your life. And boy, those first 21 years, some of the most exciting, scary, uh, amazing you know, memories exist. And it's just a matter of, like I said, dusting those off and kind of reexamining what those, what those were and how they affected who we are now. And of course, I think that that helps you know inform your songwriting and book writing and anything like that. We we have to spend some time reflecting on where we came from and how we got to where we are.
0: Is there one memory you can share that was connected to perhaps a band, a song, or a live show, or something something that that you delved into? Uh, I should say uh, in those six months or six eight months.
1: You know, I don't know if there was any one specific song or or experience but what i really was reminded of through all of this thinking back was how simple music production was back then how simple it was and have you ever experienced this where, where you think of a band from your childhood and you think man they were so heavy they were so loud they were so rock and now you go back and listen to them and they were actually not as heavy as you thought and but they were still amazing it's because back then because of limitations in recording you know you only usually had 8 to 16 tracks to record on nowadays we have 150 tracks to start with so it was it was it required so much more planning and and preparing and thought back then. If you were a band, you had to go into the studio and practice that song over and over and over because it was expensive to record back then. And, you know, you just wanted to make sure you did everything right. So, so in answer to your question, I think that I was, I've been reminded of what those experiences were like and how the recording process was so different back then, than, than it is now. Um, and I, I'm I'm very nostalgic about about it. It's that was a very romantic time in music for me. You know, I just I I love how songs were put together back then, and I love how uh, I love how bands sounded back then.
0: In that sense, and, and obviously there's a, there's enough good about modern technology. But um, how do you perceive, from a producer's standpoint, how records are made today?
1: Well. Um, that's a really loaded question. Um, <laughs> well, I could phrase it
0: differently yeah, if you like.
1: No, no, no. I I love some of the modern production techniques that are being used, especially in pop music. I think it's very, very exciting and very uh, imaginative. Um, I kind of feel like right now in rock music, um, we're we're there, there seems to be a tendency to borrow from some of those pop production techniques. And to me personally, I don't necessarily like it that much. I, I, I long for a, a time when we start to simplify the recording of rock music again. I don't need to hear 20 tracks of guitars. I want to hear one really well-played guitar track. Um, so I, I think that we've, I think in rock music, there has been a tendency to really oversaturate things. I think we're starting to come out of it a little bit. Um, but that would be, for example, why, when you listen to a song like the first 21, it kind of harkens back to some of that, you know, simpler rock production, simpler guitars, um, you know, um. But yeah, I I think uh, there there's some really fantastic new rock coming out, sure. but the ones that really catch my ear are the ones that have really stripped things away and are going for a simpler production value again.
0: Right. And talking about reminiscing, uh, when this whole project for hits came about, uh, did it bring back memories for, uh, for when 6AM was kind of founded? Because I... Yeah. I imagine when when you started, you didn't have the conception this will be a band, and and now we are 15 years almost down the road, and you're still doing it. So so, yeah. how do you look back at that original uh, at at that the origins of the band?
1: Well, yes, and to answer your question, yeah, the, the the process of putting together this hits album, recording some new material, but but honestly, going back and listening to everything, and talking with our fans, and getting a sense of what songs really spoke to them. Um, yeah, it's really shined a light on um, the very early years and how, things, how we did things back then, how everything was such an experiment. And I think, thankfully, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that through all of our albums, we really did do our best to maintain the innocence of, of those early recordings. You know, we, we always said back when we were starting, we're not a band. We're just three guys making music together. We're not a band, so we don't have to play by any of the rules that a band typically would have to play by. So it allowed us the freedom to kind of experiment a little bit, try some things that were a little bit quirky or wouldn't necessarily fit into the genre that we were eventually put into. Um, So I I, I really loved those early years, but I'm also very proud of the fact that we carried that mindset through all the way up until the recording of the first 21, which I think is kind of an unusual song and, and, you know, very much in line with, with the experimental kind of imagination that 6am has always had. Did you have discussions
0: about this? Like, uh, we're not gonna worry about what other people think, we're just gonna try and make ourselves happy?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think that You know, I think a lot of bands do that. And I think that some bands succeed at that and then others don't. And when you have like five or six albums, uh, like 6am has put out, there are going to be those moments that you look back on and go, well, we were trying a little bit too hard right there. Boy, we were really a little too focused on getting on the radio on this one. And it didn't pan out the way we wanted it to. And then it's always those other moments where you just say, fuck it. Let's just, Mm -hmm. let's just, Let's just do whatever. Who cares what's happening at radio? Then those are the moments that you end up being extremely proud of because they really they really cut through. So, you know, and I think that a lot of bands would say that they have had moments of both. They've had moments where they were kind of chasing their tail, trying to trying to chase that success. And then other moments where they just really shed all of those concerns and just said, let's just do this. This song is going to be six minutes long. Who cares? Let's just do this. So, yeah, I think that, you know, we've had we've had more of those kind of fun, imaginative, explorative moments than we have the ones where we kind of look back and go, yeah, I kind of wish we hadn't done that.
0: Right. And now from your personal perspective, what I find interesting as well is when the band started, you were very much um, doing well as a producer. and You had that whole thing going on. So being vocalist and and doing that much vocal work for the past 15 years. What has that been like for you? Was that something you were
1: looking forward to? Um, By the time it happened, no, I wasn't looking forward to it anymore. When I was younger, yes. When I was 19, I moved out to Los Angeles because I wanted to be a rock star. Um, And that was really my my focus. Um, When 6am actually found success, I was 40 years old. I had already had an entire career as a producer and songwriter. So, so I had, I had kind of taken those rock star dreams and put them away. So I wasn't thinking about that all the time, which made it especially nice when it happened because it was like, that's right. I used to want to do this. And now here I am, I'm able to do this. I'm fronting a band and I've got two great, you know, great partners in this, in this amazing journey that I'm on. So it was a dream come true. Um, it was several years later than I would have liked it to been, but thankfully it happened and I got to experience it. And, um, and I've just been so grateful for every single opportunity that I've had because of 6AM. It really did give me the opportunity to live out those rock star dreams that I always had.
0: What, was it or is it like you expected it to be?
1: That's a great question. Um, in some ways, yes. To stand on stage in front of, you know, 50, 60,000 people that are all singing your songs back to you is everything you would imagine it to be. It's crazy and invigorating and you feel godly and it's you feel powerful and it's um, it's everything you would expect it to be. Then the other side of it, which I found to be more of a struggle than my two bandmates did, was was the the public notoriety of it. Now, of course, I was very lucky. I was, I am by, by leaps and bounds, the least well-known person in 6am. Nikki, of course, has, you know, just years and years and years of, of pure, amazing rock stardom. DJ, of course, has so much experience with that as well. Me, not so much. Um, and I always found the public the the public persona part of it a little uncomfortable i'm a very private person Mm -hmm. um so i was very lucky to have nikki and dj as my support system to kind of help guide me through it um but uh but for me i really do prefer a much quieter much more private type of 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 lifestyle so yeah i hope that answers your question yeah definitely
0: okay definitely and then i i would be the same i, I think uh, fame is a very strange thing and, and it's not for everyone i think
1: it's it's really true but standing on stage singing a song that you made up in, in in this room and having thousands of people sing it back to you that feels amazing and that is that is a dream come true and it's something that i am i will i'll always be grateful for
0: when it came to compiling these the songs on the album, on the, on the Hits album. Uh, were you all on the same page or did you have to fight for certain songs?
1: Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade. That's a good question. You know, I would say we were all on the same page because we had gotten some distance from it. You know, uh, a decade later, you're not as emotionally attached to things as you were when you record them. If you were to ask each of us what our favorite album is, I bet you'd get three different answers. My favorite 6am album was probably Modern Vintage. I think that DJs was probably This Is Gonna Hurt, and I'm going to guess that Nikki's was either going to be the Heroin Diary soundtrack or maybe one of the later ones, maybe Prayers for the Damned. I, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. But my point being is that we all have different favorites, but we also now have enough distance from it, enough time away from it that we don't feel that kind of that 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 uh, that emotional attachment to it, you know. If somebody were to tell me, if I were to say, you know, I really want to put Van Eyes on the hits album and somebody said, you know, I think that, you know, more people responded well to skin. I'd be like, okay, yeah, let's put skin on. I don't care. The other ones still exist. They're not just on this collection. But but what I do love about the way we've curated this collection of songs is I think that for anyone that maybe doesn't know of 6 a.m., it's a great way to introduce people to 6am because you get the whole picture. You can see the evolution. We have songs from, from light, you know, from heroin diary soundtrack all the way up to the first 21, which is the last thing that 6am ever recorded. So you really can see the entire evolution. And then if you, if you like what you hear, dig a little bit deeper into our catalog.
0: Finally, I want to talk about, um, because it's not just old songs you, you did write a couple of new songs and there's some uh different songs uh on the record the, the ones i wanted to talk about which uh, which are maybe it's time and uh i think it was talk to me which deal with uh the opioid crisis and addiction and those kind of things now you, you just mentioned you're a private person so if you don't want to get into this that's fine but uh Mickey has been very open obviously about his uh struggles with it um why is it so important to talk about these things?
1: Well, because it's an ongoing battle. It's, it's, um, it's an incredibly serious problem um, that generation after generation after generation, with all of this information that we have about it that exposes the dangers of it, we still continue to have this problem. So people like Nikki, who are courageous enough to, to share their story in an effort to help others avoid it or, or get through it. Um, I, I I would like to say that at some point we'll be able to put a bow on it and say, good, we've solved this problem completely and we never have to deal with it again. But that's just not likely, you know. And I think especially with, with uh with the COVID pandemic coming up, some people stopped thinking about other issues like this so it was incredibly important during covid to come out with some music that drew attention to it and to actually bring the focus back to it because while surviving covid is incredibly important and we all need to do our part to do that there are these other problems that didn't just go away because covid came along they got worse because covid came along so i think that that there will always be a need. Sadly, there will always be a need for somebody like Nikki to come out and, and, and talk openly about it and bring awareness to it and let people know that there, uh, there are discussions to be had and that lives can be saved as a result.
0: And you talked about being on stage and having kind of thousands of people uh, repeat the words that you once wrote in the, in the room. What is it like uh, hearing the responses to your music? Because I can imagine with these types of songs that that hit the heart of people that they have their story to tell you guys as well, whether it be through uh, social media or just coming up to you after your show. So what what does it mean to you when you you, as a group have written a song or created something that has connected to such an extent with people?
1: Yeah, 100 percent. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about being observers of life Mm. 6am has been a very lucky band because our fans have also been very courageous and been willing to come to us and tell us their personal stories. Um, And boy, there are few things in life more rewarding than to have those type of conversations with somebody that you don't know that comes to you because of something you've created and shared with them. And then they shared their story with you. It's really powerful. And that is one of the biggest gifts I think that, that I, I would say that if you ask Nikki and DJ, they would agree. That's been one of the biggest gifts about 6am is the fact that our fans have, have taken the ball and run with it. They saw what we were doing. They saw that we were kind of being brutally honest in our music and they came, they, they come to us and they are brutally honest with what's what's going on in their lives. And of course, as you know, as observers of life, those are the kind of conversations that end up being very meaningful and they end up in songs. You know, those, those type of stories, those type of messages that people share end up being inspirations for, for new material.
0: And uh, last question then, because uh, as humans, we all go through our own ups and downs, uh, whether it be the addiction or something else. What role has music played for you kind of throughout your life to, to keep you on the straight and narrow
1: Oh boy. Um, it's hard to even explain the vastness of, of, of what music has meant to me. Um, on a daily basis, I will go on Spotify and, and listen to playlists that either I have curated or I found that other people have curated. And every single day, I am reminded of moments in my life um, that, that you know, that are kind of like chapters in a book. And they. at this age, I'm 50 am I 53 or 54? I'm, I'm either 53 or 54. I'll have to check my driver's license. I can't remember. but my point being is that I'm now at a, a stage of my life where I am very reflective. I spend a lot of time thinking about, my life leading up to this. It's not to say that I'm living in the past, although maybe I kind of am to a degree. I tend to only listen to music from from earlier eras of my life right now. Um, And as a result, I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. So there's something to that. And it all starts with music. It all starts with, with different genres and different eras of music and what kind of gifts just listening to that music can give you on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, I think the pandemic has a lot to do with that as well, because I've I've been hearing that more and people are becoming more reflective because all of a sudden we have the time to do so. We usually yes. we're just in that rat race and then
1: Yeah, you know, it's kind of like comfort food. It's like it's right. like you know, like, if, if you're a little hungover from the night before, <laughs> you want to have something really greasy, you want to have comfort food that reminds you of when you were a kid. It's the same way with music, if you're feeling bad about something, music is always there to to remind you of something really wonderful in your life and that's I, I'm just so grateful for you know I find myself as I'm listening through these eighties and seventies playlists, I find myself truly being grateful to these musicians, you know, whether it's Queen or Aerosmith or the police or whatever it is. I'm truly grateful that these brilliant people created this brilliant music that we get to listen to anytime we want for the rest of our lives. Just, and and, you know, if maybe someday somebody is listening to 6am music and feels that way, feels that sense of, of, of gratitude. Oh, that just, that just makes, that just makes the hair stand up on, on my arm. You know, I'm, I'm I'm a lucky guy and I'm just I'm we're all so lucky that we get to live with with music as as the soundtrack to our lives.
0: I think that's a beautiful thing to end on. So James, thank you uh, so much for taking the time to talk with me. It's been a
1: pleasure. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, the,
0: when when you were talking about uh, just now about those songs the, one that that i think has inspired you as well is uh, bad out of hell which is which is a song it, it never fails to put a smile on my face never
1: isn't that's exactly what i'm talking about like like if i were to put that song on right now number one the hairs would stand up <laughs> on my arm but also i would i would remember s- smells from my yeah. childhood i would remember conversations i had with my mom and dad you know as a kid I would remember so many amazing things. So I could, in fact, I'm going to go sit on my back patio and listen to Bad Out of Hell right after this. I'm going
0: to do so, so a good idea.
1: And what what a great gift that we can give ourselves by being able to do that.